we are talking still about faith, okay? And uh, so with that in mind, we'll build upon that. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as the mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. How many see the potential and the power of faith? Yeah. Nothing shall be. Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Yes, you will face impossibilities. But God has never faced an impossibility. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But now they desire, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a sit, a prepared a city for them. All right. Now, that's just a few passages of scriptures, and you're familiar with them, I'm sure, and it's not, will not necessarily be new to you, but... There are so many possibilities when faith is present, when faith is grown and reached a place. Faith is both valuable and vulnerable. It's my title today that faith is most is mo, is both valuable and vulnerable. You've heard so many definitions of faith. Well, let me give you another one. It's the union of assurance and conviction. The firm persuasion of what is hoped for is assured that through the power of power and faithfulness, excuse me, of God, that one will possess it. Through the power and the faithfulness of God, one will possess it. I'm going to talk and start, first of all, about the vulnerability of faith. Faith, of course, is the object of every effort of the enemy regarding your life. Because faith must be at work in everything in order for it for you to live. Faith. The confidence and that, that assurance. In the book of Hebrews is an amazing book. It is a, a letter and a writing revealing the condition of a church. A group of people. 
It is written to some believers that were getting weary. They were settling into the world and they were losing the it's war time mentality. Yes. Persecution, trials and difficulties was wearing them out. They were starting to drift through life without focus, without diligence, and without energy. Their hands were growing weak. Their knees were becoming feeble. They found that it was easier just to meander through the crowd of life rather than to run with diligence and fervor. The disease of drifting and neglecting had crept into the church. Therefore, give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift. Yes, their confidence was in the visible things and not so much in the invisible things. Now, mind you, they did not start out this way. We are going to encourage your faith today, all right? But in that process, the people were growing careless, spiritually lazy, and negligent. A lazy sense of security, a false notion that nothing really big or huge is at stake. Everything is just, they continue as they were. Hebrews 3 and 12 says, beware, as as the writer writes to them and says, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And so we see this powerful heart of belief is now entertaining unbelief. And it had slid or was sliding to such a degree that they weren't even going to believe in the living God and depart from him. Their newfound faith. They made a profession of faith, but they went into passive coasting mode as you read it. They had retreated to immaturity. Yes, Retreated to immaturity when he says, you need to go on to maturity. It's not that they hadn't had walked in maturity. And I'll tell you why. Because as Hebrews unfolds and he begins to talk about the deep things He is not talking about someone into someone that's just on first base. He's talking to someone that has a real grip 
has real insight that has really moved along and understands the priesthood of Jesus Christ, understands the order, you know what I mean, of the kingdom. And now they have slid back from that. And he calls it that they're back at the immature state. The vulnerability of faith. They went from givers to getters, from teaching to need to being taught. The spiritual condition was weak hands, feeble knees, and crooked paths. Weak hands. They were weakened in weariness, exhausted in battle. Very little lifting up hands in their prayers. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Oh, they couldn't lift their hands up in prayers. Feeble knees, unable to stand for the Lord, lacking steadfastness. not who they were it's what they had become so the writer begins to encourage them he said that some had fallen into crooked paths oh my goodness dishonest they were covering up things things that were wrong they detoured off the pass, off the path, and they began to push the boundaries. Mm. And so here's what the Hebrews concludes with. You need to endure. You need to persevere. You need to run. You need to fight. You need to be alert. You need to be strengthened. He says, don't drift. Don't neglect. Don't be sluggish. Don't take your eternal security for granted. No. Show your faith in the same way that the saints of Hebrews chapter 11 Showed their faith. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Therefore, he's trying to encourage them. Since you are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that is set before us because faith is at the heart of life. Faith 
is the ark that you build against the waters that are rising all around you. It will cause you to have a boat that keeps out the sludge that's in the waters and keeps you safe in the promise and presence of the Lord. Yes. I believe that infinite possibilities are born of faith. I believe that Christianity is the land of divine possibilities. If you believe. Now we sometimes read the final chapter of these heroes of faith and we don't read what finally got them to be heroes and champions. They started out with little faith just like everybody does. Yes. There is a vulnerability of faith, but there's a value of faith. Recovering our faith, discovering the hindrances to it and the power of it. Yes. Number one, faith is a law. Yes, in Romans chapter 3, verse 27, it says, the law of faith. Everything operates by law. Yes, it operates by law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. A law is something by which, you know, it functions or operates or has determines the parameter. Everything works by law. How does the mountain get removed? By a law. The law of faith. When you follow the rules of the law, it was the law of faith that caused and made it possible for Peter to walk on water and defy the laws of gravity. And as long as he was abiding and living in the law of faith, he walked where he couldn't walk. And when, you know, he violated the law of faith, he succumbed to the other law. Amen. Thank God Jesus doesn't leave us there when we succumb. 
Amen. He doesn't do it. But you got to see this, this law of faith. The law of faith supersedes other laws. Yes. Miracles are based upon, and the scriptures that we read are based upon God's law of faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in Christianity, we have a law. It's called the law of faith. Yes. You see, the law of faith refuses to be limited by the parameters of the natural. Now you're thinking, aren't you? It refuses to be limited by the parameters of the natural. The parameters of the natural is very evident in the life of Abraham. In fact, it's all the champions of faith. It's not possible. Dead things don't live. But faith takes tombs and makes them wombs. I've told you that before. But it takes tombs and makes them wombs. That confident trust and conviction in the Almighty, in the finished work of Jesus Christ, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you see, there was a poison that Satan injected in the heart of Eve. And that was the question of God's faithfulness. Can he be trusted? She sold her faith in the question of God's faithfulness. God sends a rescue party, okay? So, you know, he sends a rescue party. Yes, he does. But it's through faith that you touch the hand that's omnipotent. Oh, yes, you do. See, when you become a Christian and a believer... You already have been given a new ability to see. Nicodemus, if you're not born again, you can't even see the kingdom. But when I'm born again, I have a new ability to see. Yes, I can see. There's a new set of eyes. And it's a set of eyes, you know, that is not limited by impossibilities. 
but sees beyond the natural to the invisible. Faith is so important because it is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual force. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, he was showing us the power of faith. Why did he do such a thing? He was, the fig tree was just standing there. He was trying to demonstrate to his disciples what faith can do. The law of faith. If you believe. Yes. That faith is a spiritual fuel. It's something that gives you that motivation and the anticipation and expectation. Faith. Tell you what I want to do this morning. I want to take you for a moment to some men and women of faith and see what they have to say. Because it says that we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses. There's a witness, and a witness is someone that would testify. The first one I wanna, want you to hear this morning is Noah. I think he's a good one to listen to. Number one, he's been around a long time. 950 years. How many think that's enough time to get a little experience? Huh? Absolutely. He's a man that stands out. He has a reputation, you know, from God's perspective. It says that he walked with God. I mean, he's going to give us some really good counsel because he's, he's been sitting in the right company. Yeah. He's been given the counsel of God. He's been able to sort through the, the things of life. And another reason why we need to listen to Noah is because he lived in a day that was identical to yours and mine. Yeah. You don't have it any worse than Noah did. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Lot. We begin to start, they were eating, marrying, and giving in marriage. I mean, things were free for all. It's amazing. The advice that Noah would give us. as he steps into our life in these 950 years. And he tells us this, that one man can make a difference. You might feel ineffective. You may feel outnumbered. You may at the moment not see, you know, 
a lot of results. But keep building the boat of faith and watch out how it begins to have an effectiveness in your role right where you're at. You don't need a crowd to make a difference. One man can make a difference. Yes, one man can make a difference for his family. Yes, he can. You can make a difference for future generations. You can make a difference for God. You can. Your faith is not only vulnerable, but it is powerful. By faith, it leaves a testimony according to Hebrews chapter 11. When you pass off the scene and say your last goodbyes and all of a sudden your voice is going to be heard from generation to generation from those that you have left a legacy to for those whom your lives have touched. Oh, yes. It can make a difference. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to make a difference. Let's give the women a place this morning in our witness category. Esther. She'll tell you that for many years she didn't realize that God had a special place for her. She'll tell you that for much of her life she felt out of place. She would tell you that my parents died young and I was adopted by my uncle. There were times that I felt out of place in his home. Not only that, I grew up in a strange country, different customs. I often felt out of place. But then being a simple girl, I was brought to the king's court. And she would tell you, you know my story. And there was a death sentence that was placed. But she would summarize all those events and say that no place is out of place when you're in God's place. Oh, yes. You see, her first response, and sometimes it's our response, when she heard about the problem, she says, it's not my problem. Just because there's a death sentence. How many know there's a death sentence? Come on. The wages of sin is death. There's a death sentence. And she heard of the death sentence. She says, it's not my problem. 
until she got some advice from her uncle. And he says, you shouldn't think that you're going to escape just because of who you are and the position that you hold. The enemy is ruthless. Yeah. First, she refused to risk her life. She didn't understand that her placement was for a purpose. It wasn't for the attire. It wasn't for just the wonder and the beauty of the king's court. It wasn't for the position that she held. Now, is for the reason that she was placed there in the first place. You never get, you don't have to get old to get counsel. We can go back to David, the shepherd boy. And how he stood up before Goliath. Do you know what, church? That wasn't his first day with a sling. He testifies and says, I've slain the bear and the lion. I've recovered a lot of sheep. But he doesn't tell you how many sheep he lost before he finally got to the point where his faith grew so that he could slay the lion and the bear. What are you saying? There's a journey. There's a reality. See, champions are not born. They're made. These champions of faith. It was a journey. You take Abraham. We find him navigating his own path to try to make the promise of God come to pass. And I don't blame him. God's kind of slow. (laughs) He is. He doesn't have a Timex or even an Apple Watch. (laughs) Oh. But yet he always comes through with his plan. Yes. You're not out of place. You're in place because it's God's place. Faith can move mountains. 
Has your faith drifted? Has it started to walk some crooked paths? Has it caused you to be inactive and more feeble than strong? God's here to help us recover. He's here to lift, take his hand and pick us out of the waters that are about to drown us. He's got a boat ready that he wants to put you in. Don't grow weary and well-doing. I'm just tired of it. No. Don't fall prey to those things that can weaken your, your faith. You see, doubts and fears are a major hindrance to faith. Even your human wisdom, and my human wisdom, when we begin to rely on it alone, it's a hindrance to faith, which is a hindrance to promise. The spies lost the promise and an outbreak of unbelief happened and the doors of Canaan was shut to a whole generation. And that's why the proverb says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge you, and he shall direct your path. Sometimes I just have to shut it off. And just trust. I don't need to understand. I just need to hold your hand. Yeah, you're not disengaging the mind. You're closing the door to just human wisdom and doubts and fears. Jan loves to have all her ducks lined up in a row. And that's good for me, you know. But sometimes I have to say, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) How is this going to get done? How's God going to do that? I don't want to talk about it because I don't know. See, depression is past without hope. Without God, excuse me. 
and anxiety is future without God. But God. It's impossible. Yes, it is. But it's not about you. It's about God who makes all things possible. As my musicians come this morning, I was talking to someone this week and in our discussion they were talking about how that what God had to do to cause them to trust in him. And oftentimes he takes away the things that you're trusting in. In other words, not not to the so much, you know what I mean? It's 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 not a punishment. It's a development. What do you trust in today? It says some trust in chariots and some in horses. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. And so God had to go ahead and help him to see that what you trusted in is not sufficient. It's not sufficient. But as he told Abraham, I am thy exceeding and great reward. Hallelujah. You've heard the old phrase, the cart and the horse, the horse and the cart. We oftentimes love the cart before the horse. God's trying to rearrange it. He doesn't want you trying to push the cart of your life. He wants to pull the cart of your life. Yes. I will go be for you. I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't you want to follow me? (laughs) Yeah. You know. I mean, I can surmise and I can, you know, arrange and I can plan. You know. It is all speculation. But there's one thing 
that my faith has learned over the years. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, lest the skies may turn to gray. I don't worry of the future, for I know what Jesus said. What did he say? What is it? Today he walks beside me. Today he walks beside me. And he knows what is ahead. And he knows what is ahead. That's you don't blame that on the Holy Spirit, okay? That was just a natural man. Couldn't 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 finish it out there. But isn't that the truth, church? We've learned that. We know that. This is not your first day on the job. This is not the first day in your journey of faith. And life has its challenges. And as the writer of Hebrews wrote, I see. I see what's been happening. And here's what I want to tell you. that you can be just as much a champion as those champions in Hebrews chapter 11. Those that are named and those that are unnamed. It is the same faith. Oh yes. Is faith in someone. Have faith in God. And if you die having faith in God, there's something still waiting for you. Stand with me this morning. Your faith is valuable. It's valuable. My faith was more energetic. How can I put it? From a human standpoint when I was young, but it's not near as strong as it is when I am old. Because we go on to maturity. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. God is on your side this morning. No matter what's taken place with your faith, Jesus said, I've prayed for it. He not only prayed for it, He's already laid out a pathway so that you can make a difference and you can be at the right place at the right time so that you, as Joseph would tell us, don't have to give up your dream. Don't give up your dream. 
that sang this morning. Hallelujah. You know, it's okay. Say, Lord, I believe, but help my non-belief. Recognize where your faith is at and where it isn't at and call upon him. You know, Lord, I'm not... I wish it was big enough, Lord, but it's not. Come and help me. Come and help me. I need my faith increased in you. Oh, yes. Amen. Let's get back the warrior. That warrior in us. The warrior. See, the warrior was in David. It was not in the stone and the sling. Now, David wasn't dependent upon the stone and the sling. He recognized that that was just, you know, an avenue and a vehicle. He was confident in the God. As we leave today, Father, thank you for renewing and restoring and refreshing our faith. Because all things are possible if we can believe. Help us to know that it's a law of faith. It's just not one ingredient that makes faith work. Just speaking it is not the only ingredient that makes faith work. It is a heart that is convinced, a heart that is convicted, a heart that is assured. Thank you. Thank you for making us champions of faith in our generation, in our time. In Jesus' name. All the people said, amen. amen. With God, all things are possible. Say it again. With God, all things are possible. Go with God because he's going with you.